Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is episode 36 on the Merry Beers podcast with Janet Murray. Welcome to Merry Beers. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our merry biz on. Today's guest helps businesses and brands get press coverage in newspapers, magazines, radio and TV. She has 15 years experience writing and editing for newspapers and magazines. We have a feeling that today's episode is going to be very action orientated and you're going to be super inspired to get in the press. We are so excited to welcome Janet Murray to hashtag Mary Biz. (laughs) Hello, I'm really happy to be here. Yay! We are so super excited. And all the way from the other side of the world. I know, right? <laughs> it's nighttime there, right, Janet? Yep, it's 10 p.m. here and, you know, been to the gym, think, unwinding, thinking about going to bed, but obviously very excited about talking to you two. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh, we're probably going to wake you up now with all these questions. <laughs> uh, well, Janet, what has been on your agenda today? So I've done a very long podcast interview or kind of like it was, it was a kind of travel summit that I was, was basically talking about this stuff. And, and actually, they were based in Australia as well. So um, I spent an hour kind of sharing advice and stories for this travel summit that I'm kind of a speaker on. Awesome. I've been working with coaching clients. So I, I've got like a coaching program. So I've been working with some of them. I've been writing blog content, recording content for my own podcast. Um, I've got some events coming up, so I've been like organizing some of that. I've got through a lot of stuff, actually, because I've been abroad for most of the last month on and off. So I've, it's, I've had my first two desk days for quite some time. Wow. So I've got a lot of stuff. So that's oh, been great. We can imagine. Well, that sounds like an awesome day. Now, we're really excited to hear more about your story first up, because you've had 15 years experience, you know, writing for national newspapers in the UK and magazines. So how did it all begin for you? Like, tell us, you know, the highlights. Okay, so I I initially started off as a school teacher, actually, wow. which <laughs> they're generally not surprised to to know. So I taught English in high school, I guess you. <sighs> um, and I, although I liked it, um, I didn't hate it or anything. I was quite young at the time. I was about sort of twenty five, twenty six, mm. and I just spent every evening marking and weekends and I just thought this is no no fun so I decided to retrain in journalism and actually everybody had always told me that it was really really hard to get on in journalism and really hard to get in the nationals but I went off and retrained anyway and within about six or eight months I'd no actually pretty much I think I landed my first national piece of I was like pitching it as a freelance writer when I was still on my journalism course actually wow. and um, and so I, I was kind of like I, I took the counterintuitive route because 
I've always kind of had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. So I could have gone off at the end of my journalism course and got a job on a publication, like a permanent job. But mm. I thought, you know, I'd much rather work for myself. I'd much rather go and find my own stories and and do this freelance thing. So that's exactly what I did. And everybody was telling me that, you know, you'll never be able to get in the nationals. And everybody was telling me you won't be able to make a living as a freelance writer. But that's exactly what I did. So I had I've had a great sort of 15 years or so writing and editing for all the sort of big newspapers in the UK, like The Guardian, The Telegraph, The Independent, The Independent oh, on Sunday, BBC. I've done quite a bit of TV and radio. In the beginning, I did lots of magazines as well, so women's glossies and, and health magazines. Mm. Thing. And But I spotted something early on, having a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset, I spotted something early on. And what I spotted was that people who worked in the PR industry no disrespect, were generally quite just terrible at pitching ideas into the media. And they would just pitch the most like just ridiculous things. And you'd find yourself thinking, why would anyone think that we'd be interested in doing a story on that? Mm. And, and, and so I was like, right, okay, I see an opportunity here because I was, you know, freelance, I was working for myself and I was selling stories into different newspapers and magazines. And I always loved that side of it. I loved the pitching and selling bit and the kind of thrill of the chase. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, right, well, if these people are not doing this very well, maybe I can teach them how to do it better. So I started running workshops in London, where we'd get people from the PR industry to come along. And I worked with another journalist initially, and we'd teach them how to pitch. And we'd teach them how to pitch from a journalist point of view. We'd be like, look, we're journalists, we know how this works. Mm -hmm. And come along to our course and you know, we'll teach you how to do it properly. So that was really successful. But I just did it as a kind of sideline that I started to run big events, like big conference events where I got, I called them what journalists want. I basically used to get a load of national journalists to come along, people would buy tickets to come and hear what they had to say and understand a bit more about what they were looking for. And so that was quite successful. But I always did it as a bit of a, a side business. And then, I don't know, about two or three years ago, I was getting a bit bored with what I was doing and I've done university lecturing, I've, I've, you name it, I've kind of done it. I've done mm. copywriting and all sorts of consultancy, all sorts of things. So I just started to think, you know, I, I've always run my own small business. I'd really like to work with other small businesses. Yeah. And I'd really like to teach small business owners like me how to get in the press. Because, again, I would see these press releases coming in and these pitches. And I think, oh, my God, some poor small business owner has paid somebody to do this. And this is just mm. so bad. And I could teach them to do it better. So. Wow. Um, so to cut a long story short, in the last few years, I've really, I started this blog where basically I just started sharing, you know, just sharing stuff on how to pitch yeah. into the media. And I used it as kind of like a content marketing thing. So I would get, you know, pieces of, I'm still working as a journalist, but I get really nice pieces of training and consultancy out of it. And so I started this blog where I was teaching people how to pitch, how to write press releases and all of this stuff. And, and gradually it just kind of grew. I've now got a podcast where I do exactly the same, which is the Soulful PR podcast. Mm -hmm. And I've also created this brand, which is called Soulful PR. And it seems to have really caught on with people. And the thinking behind it is that, that a lot of people approach getting press coverage, like this kind of real like salesy, like ballsy, like, yeah, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to sell my story to journalists. Mm. And journalists, just, just they're just not bothered. They're like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, so what? Who cares? Um, and the only way you're really going to get great press coverage is by really trying to understand what journalists are looking for and kind of trying to give it to them. And so I've developed this whole brand, I guess, which is about just teaching people to just to really kind of just kind of take step back, trying to understand what journalists are looking for and trying to give it to them. So now I've 
I've got a blog, I've got a podcast, I've got some online coaching programs where I teach people through that. And I also still do consultancy. I've got a book in the pipeline and all sorts of things. And um, I just find it really fun. I really love helping small business owners to get themselves in the press. It's just really fun. It's really creative. And I really love it. That is so cool. I love that so much, (laughs) Janet. And I mean, like both Carla and I have experienced just what getting your, your brand or your business in the media can do like for your business and like for your profile. Yeah. So like we want to hear like for, in your words, like how can press coverage help our listeners build a profitable brand or business? Okay. Well, the first thing to say is that generally sometimes people come to me and they see PR as this kind of like magic bullet and mm-hmm. they're like, hey, you know, if I just get a couple of pieces in a national newspaper, or if I just get on telly, mm-hmm. my whole business is going to explode. Now, actually, it doesn't always work like yeah. that. As you two know, mm-hmm. it's it's often a kind of accumulation of, you know, you, you get one article, then you get another one, another one, and then you might get one, you know, like you had a piece in the Daily Mail, didn't you, about giving up paleo, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which kind of went a bit mad. And you might get that kind of article that goes a bit viral and mad. But for most people, it's just like a, you know, those little things that you do every day, every article you do leads to another article and, mm. and another relationship with a journalist. And and I often say that PR is, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So yeah. it, it really is, you know, if you're kind of looking to think, you know, I sometimes get people who want to work with me and they're like, hey, I'll work with you for three months and then I'll be all over the press. And I'm like, well, you might be, but the reality is you'll probably get two or three nice pieces of coverage and then you're building on that for, for years. So that's the, the kind of first sort of tip that I would give people uh, about kind of how to do this stuff. And, and so, so it really is about kind of raising your profile and if you think it's kind of going to make you business famous overnight, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But what it does do, it gives you this kind of like stamp of approval. So when you come to my website, for example, it says across the top, you know, I've been featured in The Guardian and The Huffington mm-hmm. Post, yeah. Entrepreneur and all these places. And and I guess it, it just gives you that sort of stamp of approval and people immediately think, oh, well, she must know what she's talking about. And yeah. obviously I like to think that I do, but, <laughs> but, but it, it's always like people kind of like, you know, it, it kind of gives you that kind of credibility yeah. and you can't really buy that. You know, that's that's just something. And and it's like a sort of chicken and egg thing as well. So you, you go to a newspaper or magazine and you, you go to them with an idea. The first thing they're going to do is look you up. And if they see that you've already had coverage in some of these titles, it's just like a, a sort of snowball effect. So it's about building credibility, a lot of it, and raising your profile. And some people, again, they come to me and they say, you know, I've got a new product out or I'm doing this new I've got this new coaching program and if I get some PR, you know, that means that my product or my program is just going to fly off the shelf and, you know, I'm going to be like so rich. And again, I would sort of caution people to say, you know, it can happen. You know, you get the odd thing that goes viral, but for most of us, it's just going to be like, you know, building your profile over time and each little piece of coverage you get is going to help you get there, almost like a sort of brick brick wall kind of thing. And so... I think you've got to be realistic about it and it's got to fit in with all the other stuff that you're doing. So if yeah. you're just doing press and you're not doing social media and you're not de- doing email marketing and you're not doing all the other stuff that we do as business owners, then it's probably not going to work in isolation. But as part of your whole kind of promotion and marketing strategy, it can just be great. And it's also really fun. I mean, we all love it, don't we? When you, yeah. you know, you, you get, I, I've got a piece on Entrepreneur Magazine um, today. It came out last night and, you know, my Twitter feed's going mad and people are, kind of getting in touch with me about it. And it's just a really great feeling, isn't it? You know, yeah. people value what you've got to say enough to put you in a magazine or put yeah. you in a newspaper. Totally. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. It's so, so cool. 
So like when you were chatting about your story, you mentioned, you know, that all these people, like they used to come to like journalists with like really shocking stories. So like, Mm. how do we know what kind of stories like journalists are looking for? And also, I guess what they're not looking for. Well, the key thing really is to, I mean, there's several ways that I explain it. One of the ways I explain it that clicks with most people is to talk about the Facebook test. So Mm. let's just say you've got an idea that you'd like to, you you think you'd like to get press for. Mm -hmm. If you think about posting that idea on your personal Facebook page, like right now, would people like it? Maybe that's going to be of interest. Would they comment on it? It's probably going to be of interest. Would they share it with people? That's the third thing. And if they, if people would get onto that get onto that post and start, you know, being divided about it and arguing about it. That's probably the absolute gold in terms of uh. press coverage. <laughs> so that's, that's how I explain to people because often people come and pitch stories that even they don't find interesting. So like, yeah. I mean, I've got somebody I'm working with at, at the moment, God bless her, who, you know, she's won this kind of, her company has won this like industry award, which like nobody really cares about. And I keep just saying to her, look, nobody's interested in that. Like, you know, I'm really sure that you've probably got some great stories that people would be interested in. But, you know, who cares? You know, and, and it's really thinking about what are the stories that would people would kind of go off and talk about with their friends and, and say, oh, you never guess what I heard today. You know, I heard about this. And an example I can give you, actually, I was running an event in London in September. Mm-hmm. So it was one of these what journalists events that I run. And basically, I had all the key journalists in the education sector, because that's what I used to specialize in when I was really, you know, sort of correspondent. And so I had all the key people from the Telegraph, the Guardian, the Independent, the BBC, wow. all these people wow. coming and all these people, like 100 people bought tickets to come and hear what they had to say, to interact with them, to try and understand a little bit better about how they could get in the press. Mm-hmm. But as I was setting up this event, which was at the Swiss Church in Covent Garden, which is a nice part of London, and the guy that was helping me set up at this, this quirky venue is actually a church. And he was helping me move the tables and he said to me, oh, I'm having a a photography exhibition in here in a few weeks. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I used to be homeless and I photographed every doorway that I've slept in. And I'm like, ah, okay." And I was like, are you talking to the media about that at all? And he was like, oh, no, you know. And so basically I said, right, okay. well, in about 10 minutes, I'm going to introduce you to about 10 people that are going to be really interested in what you've got to say. And that was the thing is that. So they were all interested and even if they couldn't cover the story themselves, they were excited about the story and they they passed it on to their colleagues and it ended up, so the irony being that all these people have paid for these tickets to come to this event to learn what journalists wanted and the guy with the best story of the day was the guy who was just helping me kind of put the tables out <laughs> and, and, and he just said it, he's just like, oh, I'm, I used to be homeless and I photographed every doorway that I slept in and, you know, this, it was just like a soundbite, I got it immediately, yeah. I, you know visual really good visuals and the BBC London they did a a piece on it and it was in you know quite a lot of the the national papers it was on the Huffington Post and 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 that's the thing it's like we were all talking about it my events team on the way back on the train and it was because like we connected with it emotionally and I think that's another thing it's like do you connect with the story emotionally I mean I don't know about you but I don't connect with the story about a business winning some kind of award for being like productive or something but you know (laughs) I do connect with Another example I gave, I was, when I was doing this travel blog summit earlier on today, and so I was trying to think of examples that were specific for, for travel bloggers, mm-hmm. and I found this story on the Daily Mail, which is about this couple that had like taken their 10-week-old baby off backpacking, and it was like, I thought, oh, that's just genius, because, because 
it's the kind of story that makes you think, God, like, would I do that? Or, mm. you know, and, um, oh, God, I don't know. You know, some people would think, what a great idea. That's, the, you know, freedom, lifestyle, whatever. Other people would be like, oh, my God, that's irresponsible. And so it's kind of finding those stories that people, that kind of touch people and people actually feel something about. They have an opinion about mm. And that's so different because most of us, our natural instinct when we're trying to get in the media is just to kind of go, hey, what about me? How brilliant my business is or whatever. And I think you two know, because I had a good look at some of your press coverage <laughs> when I was pitching you to come on your podcast. <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I, the, a lot of the time your coverage is about kind of showing what you know and, and sharing useful content and also telling your business story because you've got quite an interesting business story. So does that kind of like explain yeah, it? Yeah. I think- I love it. I love that so much. And I think like that's going to help everyone listening and us yeah, as well. Yeah, I'm like, like, okay, what can we do? What can we think of? And like <laughs> the idea of like what like question or issue or topic causes discussion. I yeah. think that's a really good guide for us all mm. when we're pitching to media. So what we'd really love to know about is how you actually put together a press release. How do you pitch your story idea? Well, I mean, the first thing I would say about press releases this is kind of ironic because my opt-in on my website if you come to my website is a five-day press release writing course yeah we um, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really <laughs> um and I don't really like press releases that much mm. as a journalist because they're a kind of one size fits all approach mm. and and obviously every publication is different every program is different it has a different audience so every journalist is going to be looking for something slightly different. So if you're just sending out the same press release to, unless you've got a really hot story, unless you've got like, I don't know, I was working with somebody today who, whose client does paternity tests and she was saying that they'd had like massive sales of these paternity tests in the last year and all the press picked up on that because oh, obviously yeah. if there's massive sales of paternity tests, like, you know, <laughs> there's you know clearly something going on, some kind of trend. But unless you've got something like that on your hands, and most of us probably don't, yeah. It's about kind of going to individual publications Mm. with a kind of individual pitch. So by all means, a press release, if you're going for regional coverage or you're going for like industry publications, then they often have quite shoestring staff. So if you have got a nicely written press release, then they can turn that into a story and they may not even need to phone you or anything. But if if you're looking to get kind of more high profile national coverage, then you need to write something that's kind of like a tailored pitch. And the, the, bit, the bit about it that's kind of quite hard work is that every publication or program is different. So in the UK, it's very much if you want to get in the nationals in the UK, you have to pitch an idea and mm-hmm. then they'll come back and say yes or no. And they'll either say, we will send a reporter or we'll interview you or, as is often the case these days, yes, will you write that for us? They often want you to write it. Wow. But when you're looking at big, you know, big publications like the Huffington Post or well, it's different actually in the UK to even to, to the US. When you're looking at big publications like Entrepreneur, Business Insider, yeah. even some of the big sites like Mind Body Green or Tiny yeah, Buddha yeah. or some of those that you, I'm sure you'll know, yeah. they have their own, if you go to their website, they've all got their own rules about how you actually pitch. And some of them will say, some of them will say, you know, there's a generic email address and you must just send it to that. And I always try, if I can, to circumvent that. And I always try and find a person. So I'll go on Twitter and see if I can find out, you know, who is a senior editor. Oh, wow. If I can find out the editor that looks after the specific section that I'm looking for. Because what you really want to do is get your pitch in front of a person who can make the, the person who can make a decision about whether to run your piece. However, some of the big sites like Inc. and like I think Business Insider 
there is no other way. I think if you pitch them, mm-hmm. they just, you know, they just won't get back to you. So it really is about kind of doing your homework about individual publications. And it's, you know, the more that you can kind of tailor your pitch to different publications or programs, the better luck you're going to have. Um, and I can give you a few tips about, you know, what to put in a, a pitch if you're sending a pitch off. And the other thing to mention, yeah, actually, is that some places will want you to write the piece and send it to them. Others will just want you to send them a pitch. So again, this is about doing your homework and not yeah. wasting not wasting time, really. And the Huffington Post, for example, I mean, I've heard this because I write for the UK Huffington Post, mm-hmm. but I've heard mm-hmm. that for .com, all the people I know who've successfully pitched there have pitched Ariana Huffington direct. And they <sighs> basically picked up on something that she's had on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and kind of going, hey, you know, um, I saw you'd written about this, which is a clever move to do. And, you know, just show that you know something about them and that you've actually researched them and say, you know, would you be interested in this piece that I've written? And, you know, she's very interested. She's got a book coming out about sleep at the moment. So all of this is like detective work. And, you know, it's all this is my soulful PR thing. It's all about the more that you try and understand the person that you're Mm -hmm. pitching to and just make it totally about them. You know, Mm -hmm. take your I mean, it sounds counterintuitive because you're like, you know, you know clearly you're doing this for your own benefit but the more you can take yourself out of it and just think how can I just just send this person an idea for some great content or actually send them great content then that's going to work better for you and in terms of your pitch the advice I usually give to people is is just have a really good subject header in your email it makes all the difference so with um so most journalists and when I'm I mean I'm doing a stint actually at the Guardian in August where I'm I'm covering for an editor for two or three weeks and basically my inbox is just full of things that say press release press release press release so if something says story idea or pitch and it summarizes the story I'm immediately like oh that sounds good so I would advise you to do that and also not to be clever so you know say for example that your business is like you run a surf fashion company or something the temptation is to get clever and go like company surfing the wave of fashion or something but actually to a busy journalist that means absolutely nothing so yeah. you know, if you've got a new range of surfwear that's made out of like paper or something <laughs> which is not a very good material <laughs> um that that's what you need to say in your pitch you know you know new surfing wear made out of paper that would be a great story because mm. it's, it's, really, it's really unusual <laughs> and totally made up on the top of my head so you need to be really kind of like try not to be clever in your subject header and I always mm. say to people to get your top line so get your story the thing that you want them to consider in the first line a lot of people make the mistake of doing a whole big kind of like hi my name's so-and-so and oh. this is my business I've been doing this blah 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 and Actually, unless you know the journalist or you've, you know, if you've met them before or you've had some kind of interaction, then, you know, you might want to do a little bit of a reminder. But if you're pitching cold, actually just get straight to the point because journalists are not interested in you. They're not interested in your business. They're just interested in great stories. So if you can just get to the point, a couple of paragraphs explaining what it is that you're suggesting to them. If you've written the piece, then paste it in below. And there are a few things that you can do just to make sure that your pitch actually gets read because, you know, it's it's quite competitive out there. There's a lot of people pitching and you're also pitching, you're competing with freelance writers as well. So, you know, it's not just other business owners that you're competing with, but people who write for a living. And so if you want to stand out, you know, just having a really great pitch is a must, really. Wow. That's such good. That's such good advice. I think especially like getting in the first sentence like, yeah like we never do that when we've done that so we can definitely implement that and we'll be able to see if there's any changes which I'm very <laughs> excited about <laughs> so you mentioned it, 
Oh, sorry. You so, is it good? I just said that I, I know people now pitch me because sometimes when I'm okay, I might be editing, people now pitch me and their first line, I can tell that they've read my blog because it always says, I was wondering if you'd be interested in bang, like, and we call it the 10 word top line. And I think that person's read my blog because they know, um, I can I can tell by the opening sentence. So, oh, that's, that's anyway, awesome. sorry. Sorry, <laughs> do you carry on. So, what if a journalist just ignores your pitch? Like, what do you suggest you do after that? Sadly, this happens a lot. You know, they're very, very busy people. There's absolutely no harm in following up. So I would just send a friendly email that to sort of forward your original email and just say, just if you'd have a chance to have a look at this. If you've chased up a couple of times and they haven't got back to you, the chances are that they're probably not interested. Most journalists, it's a bit, you know, that story that I mentioned about the the homeless guy photographing the doorways. It's like, I feel it in my stomach. If someone tells me a great story actually like I can feel it in my gut and I'm like oh my god that's so good I want to write that story or I you know and I just want the story to be out there even if I don't write it or whatever and so you so if you haven't heard back after a couple of chases they're probably not interested okay so you might want to move on and move on to someone else you can phone and if your if your idea is particularly timely and this is something I mean god I could spend hours talking about this stuff but one thing I advise people to do is is to create a media calendar. And actually, I've got I've created one. Um, I created one at the end of last year, which is where you kind of sit down and and you plan out over the year the sort of times when you know that your business, that what you do in your business is is going to be maybe kind of you know topical or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I get people to start with the really kind of like obvious stuff like Christmas and Easter because actually when you're busy, it's easy to forget about stuff yeah, like that. Totally. And now, I know I've even done it on my own blog. Like I realised, you know, at the end of November that I that I hadn't done any Christmas content for my blog last year. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to do a Christmas piece. And, uh, you know, and obviously I do this for a living. Yeah. But just kind of, you know, and, and just remembering that magazines and newspapers, they often work like magazines work three to six months in advance. I'm sure you two will know this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when when we're doing our Christmas stuff, they're thinking about summer, you know, and and so you really need to be ahead of the game. Some newspapers, although you might think it's a daily newspaper, but some of the sections actually are produced like five or six weeks ahead. Or And so it's, it's really about kind of this planning thing. So, you know, just having those things on your calendar, like Mother's Day or Christmas or, you know, the beach, the, the beach wear period or, you know, the January period when everyone's on diet or whatever. And But also, depending on your business, you might put other things like awareness days for particular things or you might sort of map out oh, I don't know, even sort of like if there's going to be like a, a referendum, we're having a referendum in the UK, you know, even that kind of thing can be, a, or what they're, t- what they're discussing in Parliament or whatever. There's so many things that basically give you, we call it piggybacking, so that might give you a hook, basically. So you, if you woke up in the morning and everybody was talking about why everyone was ditching the paleo diet or some famous people were talking about it, you know, you might be able to jump on the, the yeah. phone to TV show or radio show and say, hey, look, you know, we, re- we, we recently did this. Um, and we can talk to you about it and we're around now. So so it's, it's about kind of, I've, I've actually segued or digressed a bit there. But, but it's <laughs> okay. kind of like the whole chasing up thing is like, basically what I'd say is get on, the, if your story is really timely, then get on the phone. So if you've suggested, you know, an idea about paleo because something's happened, you know, to do with paleo on that mm-hmm. day, you know, don't leave it till like 48 hours later to chase it up because mm-hmm. the media is very fickle, things move very quickly. And if you jump on it, Quick, you know, I had, I've got a client who was, what was it that she, oh, she, her client was a specialist. They'd made some kind of software to deal with nuisance calls. And she woke up in the morning and the government had like brought out some new rules to stop nuisance calls. So basically she just got on the phone to all of the big like news outlets and said, hey, my client knows all about this stuff. And 
and he was sat on the sofa within an hour on, on some of the big breakfast shows talking about it. So so some of it's about strategic planning, but some of it's also about kind of just, you know, being responsive and just kind of seeing the opportunity to jump on stuff that's happening in the media as well. Oh, yeah. I love that so much. So many it's like good media tips. monitoring. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. We always say we need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can we, just set up a Google, you know, set up Google alerts for yeah, keywords. Yeah, we've got one set up for paleo, actually. We should set, we should set a few up. more. Yeah. Yeah. So like once you get the press, which is like so super exciting and it's like, yay. And sometimes, you know, you'll share it on your Instagram, but like what else can you do with that? Like how can you publicize it even further? Well, I think that's an area where lots of people go wrong, actually. They get a really great piece and they're so excited about it that they just kind of go and show their mum and like get all excited (laughs) and don't do anything with it. Um, So that's really when the work starts. So for example, on my, I've, I've done lots of guest posts for like, you know, Huffington Post and Entrepreneur and even a lot of my guest podcasts and stuff I've done and I've got them all in my social media schedule so that every day I'm sharing some kind of guest content that I've created somewhere so and and some of the stuff has been like you know two years old or something like that but still kind of bring it out every so often so I think you need to get on social media and you need to be like sharing this stuff and telling everybody about the fact that you're you're you know writing for these publications or you've been interviewed on your Facebook page you know email your list you know for something that you've done that you're really proud of then email them and and tell them about it and you know if you've got an engaged community they'll probably be really excited to see you you know on the telly or or whatever so I think the more that you can do to tell people about what you're doing it just automatically I think people you know being being on a tv show or being on the radio or being in a high profile magazine doesn't mean we we all know this that you do know more than the next person (laughs) but it kind of that's what it suggests to people I think so the more you can tell people that you're doing this stuff the you know the the more they're going to think you know she really knows what she's talking about or you know that they're obviously a really great business because if if a journalist wants to get them on telly to talk about what they do they must know what they're talking about so I think you know I'm a real kind of hustler and you know when I get a piece (laughs) um you know I was around today actually had this piece in entrepreneurs I was you know all my Facebook groups today like sharing it with people Mm -hmm. because also it's for, for me it's like it's kind of journalism journalism it's kind of like PR in practice you know because I shared this piece I had an entrepreneur and one of the messages I often give to people is if you want to get press for your business stop talking about it and so the piece I had an entrepreneur today was about working for free and and which obviously has nothing really to do with my business but my Twitter it's my Twitter feed is like absolutely bustling today everyone sharing it obviously from a big site like entrepreneur and this leads me on to another point I'd really love to make. If, you, if you've got time. Of course, yeah. yeah. Like, we've got all the time. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so I often say to people, yeah, if you, if you want to get coverage for your business, like kind of shut up about your business because people will just sort of send press releases or get in touch with journalists saying, hey, my business is so great, you have to write about it. But actually, the, it's around the edges of your business where often the, the best stories are. So I've got this lovely kind of handout, which I actually can actually share it with you if you, if you want to share it with yeah, people. Yeah, that would be amazing. I get my clients to do and and basically it's got your business and brand in the middle and then it's almost like a sort of Venn diagram thing but it's it's better than that it looks very pretty and then it's got all these things off the side of it so it's got like family relationships money work and all the different parts of your life which kind of intersect with your business Mm -hmm. which are not actually about your business but they they link so so what I get people to do when I'm training them is I get them to kind of look at all of those areas that, of their life and just kind of say, you know, where are the stories? What are the interesting things? Like, what are the stories that you find yourself telling people again and again? You know, when you meet people and you start chatting to them, what are the, the things that you end up talking about and sharing? Mm-hmm. And they're not often about your, your business, although they might be related. 
So, for example, I work in a shed, a she shed at the bottom of my garden. And it's this kind of very nice, like fancy looking shed thing. And she, <laughs> she, she sheds are a bit of a thing if you go on Pinterest or, you know, she, and, and I've been in the Metro, which is one of the big, the big sort of commuter publications yeah. in London. So I had a massive piece in the Metro about it was about sheds and I was you know they had a picture of me and my shed and it was basically about women who have chic sheds now in it that's not about my business but in it I was talking about you know I've got this lovely shed and I run workshops in there and you know it really reflects my brand and basically it was a massive sell for my business but the the article was actually about sheds (laughs) I've also I've written in the Huffington Post about my shed as well and I've been featured in a couple of magazines. And actually recently somebody approached me about a book that they're doing to do with sheds. Wow. And all of that has been great PR for my business, even though I'm not actually talking about my business. The other things that I've done, I wrote a piece recently, actually, because obviously we met at Tropical Think Tank out in the Philippines at Chris Ducker's event. And, and I had another trip straight afterwards. And I've got a 10-year-old daughter. And I found that whenever I'm traveling people often say to me oh how do you feel about leaving your daughter and mm-hmm. well you know I'm leaving her with my dad her dad it's fine you know and so I pitched a story to the Guardian's women in leadership section saying you know just because I travel with my work that doesn't make me a bad mother that kind of thing yeah. so that piece that piece went live just before I came out to the Philippines and it did really well and loads of comments and shares I wrote another piece which was about why women need to stop working for free and that was about how I speak at quite a lot of events, but people usually email me and say, oh, would you like to speak at my event? And and I say, yeah, that sounds great. What's the rate? And then they say, oh, well, actually, we thought you might do it for the exposure. And mm. so I say, well, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. I could probably do with like some money would be good. And then they usually come back with a fee. Now, that one really resonated with people, you know, because money does. So that yeah. article and I've actually been at events that I've been running in London where people have said, oh, I'm here because I read that piece you wrote about working for free. I went and had to look at your website. I signed up for your stuff. Wow. And here I am. I'm now. And so, I mean, I wrote another piece about miscarriage, which had like 10,000 shares wow. within a couple of days. And that was me talking about miscarriage at work. And again, it wasn't strictly about my business, but obviously I was able to kind of, you know, I was able to kind of make references to what I do. And they gave me a link back to my site. And that's really where the gold is because they're issues that, as I say, it's kind of things around the edges of your life that kind of, they intersect with your business and your work, but they're not actually kind of about your business. You know, they can be absolutely great PR and often that's where the gold is when it comes to getting PR for your business. So I often say to people like, if you want to get PR, kind of shut up about your business and look for those stories. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I love that so much. That has made everything that you said previously as well, like so crystal clear for our listeners. I think everyone's going to get so much out of this. I'm really, really excited by everything that you said. And we just want to like, thank you for, I guess, all the knowledge bombs that you just like thrown at us because this has been so much fun. Before we get to our last question that we ask all of our guests, we'd love you to share with our listeners where they can find all this amazing information and more information about you. So my website is at janetmurray.co.uk and I've also got a Facebook group, which I'm just, I hope you don't mind, I'm just tapping to find the address of it because I've forgotten it. (laughs) And 
And that's a really great place if you just want to kind of ha- come and hang out and ask questions mm-hmm. and talk about all of this stuff. Then Is that this, the Soulful PR group? Soulful PR, which you two are yes, in, I think. Yeah. So we can add the link to that in the show notes. So we'll find yeah. out. So come over and join me there. I'm very active on Twitter. So at Jan underscore Murray and I've got a podcast, which is the Soulful PR podcast. And basically I've got, you know, my blog is just full of free content explaining mm. about all of this stuff. So just go and help yourself and let me know how you get on. So awesome. So good. Thank you so much, Janet. And that one last question is, what is the one mantra you're living by right at this moment? I, I think it's this one about being nice to people on the way up. Mm because you never know who you might meet on the way down. I love that. And um, I came across somebody, I was working abroad last week, and I came across somebody who, you know, I've got this, you know, I always like to be nice to everybody, and that's kind of like paid off for me in the kind of work that I do, you know, whether they're like a senior person or whether they're like the person who's, you know, doing the filing or whatever, just kind of be nice to everybody because you're never Mm -hmm. sure where people are going to end up and what they're going to do. And I spent some time with somebody last week who clearly didn't live by that mantra Mm. and it just reminded me that that's a good way to live your life i love that so much i love it well thank you again janet like we are so excited we're inspired so we know our listeners are going to be so inspired by everything you've shared today so thank you so much again for your time it's been a pleasure thank you for having me What an action-packed episode. There were so many key takeaways from that episode. So thank you so much to Janet for coming on the show. We can't wait to share our stories about how we've been featured in the media across Australia as well as international channels. So be sure to also tune in to episode 37 because that's where we're talking all about how we've gotten in the media. And we're going to share exactly how we did it so you can do it too. Remember, if you love the episodes, be sure to share them with your friends who need a burst of inspiration or those friends, you know, who've been wanting to do something, wanting to make a change for so long. This is the podcast for them. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.